I get the privilege of uh, introducing my mum, Linda, to you. But I wouldn't be who I am today without my mum. And I hope that's a bit of a blessing to you. And I know mum's carrying a very special anointing, particularly in the subject she's going to talk about today. So I want to encourage you to open your ears because God's going to speak to you. So a huge round of applause for Linda. Love you guys. Love you guys. Just a double check there. So anyone here get a Valentine's card this week? Anyone not get one? Anyone not get... Is it possible just to have the lights down a little bit? I do like to see people. Anyone not get one? Oh, there's some honesty. Well, I've got news for you because um, Jesus actually wrote a love letter to all of you. And so those that you that didn't get one, he wrote this to you. And this is amazing. And this is straight from the word of God. And he says he loves you with an everlasting love. Uh, that is always true. He always supports you, always protects you, and he loves you with a love that never fails. So that's really good. So know that that is true for you. It's true for all of us too. So we're continuing today on our series, our relationship series. Um, Anyone here hear Pastor Barry and Sarah last week? Really good. If you weren't, whether you're married or not, good to listen to that. It was very profound points made and some really good advice. So it was really good stuff. So we're continuing that with that today, um, and I'm going to be looking at our relationship with ourselves. So how do you relate to you or with you? How do you do that? So I've got a prop here, mirror, um, that I'm going to use today. Um, so I'm asking you a question. Actually, I'm going to ask you quite a few questions today. So what do you see when you look in the mirror? So probably everybody's looked in a mirror this morning before they came out, I should imagine. And it's to look at the outward appearance, isn't it? You know, for us girls, makeup and everything, I'm too big in this, all of that stuff, you know. For guys, I think it's much more important now how you look, isn't it? And so it's hair, clothes, everything, the right length and all of that. For my husband and anyone else with facial hair, it will be about the beard. He takes a lot of time to make his beard nice and close and get it even either side. Um, and I asked him a question, and uh, this, this made me laugh. In his usual chilled-out style, you can't get intense with my husband around. I said to him, well, just out of interest as a man, what do you see when you look in the mirror? And here's what he said. Mirror, mirror, on the wall. Who's the fairest off them all? <laughs> so, so that was a moment lost, but there we go. It's a bit funny, isn't it? So what do you see? Do you see... This, this is a normal mirror. Um, when you look in that, do you see that, which is like a true picture of, of who you are on the outside or do you do some do you see something distorted if you go behind this curtain here there's a concave mirror and you look something like out of the hall of mirrors don't you look weird so what is it that you see when you look into a mirror you know is it a true image or is it a distorted image some years ago I took uh, this little story for you some years ago I took a very beautiful mid-teen, I think, uh, woman uh, with me to a a conference that we went to. Um, She is a very beautiful person inside and out, and everybody could acknowledge that. She was warm-hearted, got a great servant heart, really cared about people. But one of the topics during one of the sessions was, um, how do you see yourself? 
how do you how do you see yourself? How do you feel about yourself? And they'd got this great big mirror, and they were asking people to go up, men and women, to go up and look and say what they saw. And it, it wasn't an easy thing to do, but it, it was funny, but it was also quite intense. And this particular young woman was rooted to a seat because she said, I can't do that. I can't do that. Um, and which surprised me, but in the end, she did get up and do it, and she looked at herself, and she just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed because she said, all I can see is something horrible looking back at me. And I wonder how you feel when you look in a mirror. Do you feel something like that? I was going to hold the mirror up, but I think probably it's all right there because you won't all be able to see it, but the question is, what do you see? What comes into your mind, which is the most important aspect of this, uh, when you look in the mirror? So I just want to pause for a moment. I just It's really interesting that God causes everything to flow together, and it's so brilliant. You know, the monkey bars and the letting go of stuff, they're all things I'm going to touch on. But the keys, that's a real prophetic word that was this morning. So, Father, I just want to pray very specifically, taking hold of that prophetic word and, and praying it into being very specifically about our identity, our true identity being unlocked here this morning. Let it be, Lord God, I pray, let it be according to your word. So who knows that what God says about us is how we should feel about ourselves and how we should see ourselves. He wants us to see ourselves as he sees us. Um, and just in case you need reminding, I'm going to say a whole lot of things now, which are straight from the word, about how he sees you. I could have gone on and on and on, but just take this in. I pray that our minds are going to be unlocked to the truth of this. He sees you as his child. He chose you and adopted you into his family, which makes you royalty, family. It makes you royalty. You're a child of the king. You are loved, accepted. You're important. You're valued. You're a treasured possession. You are salt and light. You're an overcomer, more than a conqueror. You are someone worth dying for, someone he trusts to give his very self to, his hope. Holy Spirit to live in you. But more than this, you are a way maker. You're a miracle worker. You're a light in the darkness. And you know, the last time we sang that song, I had one of those moments and I was singing it and I saw God going like that to me. I was sitting there, so he could have equally been doing it to you. And I'm saying, whoa, what's this about? And he said, this is who you are. And as we were singing that to him, this is who you are, he was singing back to us. We don't think like that necessarily, but it is true. That really is true because this is what it says. Now, back this up with the word. In 1 John 4, 17, it says this, as he is, so are we in the world. As he is, so are we in this world. We really need to grasp that and believe that. So if you think differently, you've believed a lie. It's a lie if you've been told that you're useless, that you're hopeless, that you're a waster and a loser, that you're stupid. Some people can relate to these things. I know you'll never become anything. If you've believed, you've believed a lie, if you've told yourself any of those things, because we do this. You know, we need to be very careful what we, what the, we prefix the I am with, because we'll say, I'm rubbish, I'm stupid, I can't do it, I'm not good enough. All these I am's are making statements over yourself, and it's really not a healthy thing to do, because you are not there. That's all lies. Um, so you are clever enough and you are, you are the right size. We say, well, I'm too thin. All of those things, not pretty enough often because of how life is these days, how social media is these days. And it says we've got to look a certain way. And if we don't, then we say, I'm, I'm not good enough. So 
You are loved by Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. And that's just so amazing. We take so many of these things for granted. But you're loved by him. It's time to believe this and to love ourselves as he loves us so that we can love others like that, which is foundational for this message because we're called to do that, aren't we? So we're going to do a bit of a U-turn here um, because I'd written this message. Barry asked me some while ago if I'd like to do it, and I feel very privileged that, to be able to do this and speak to you all like this because I love you all and you're all amazing. Um, but I, I was, I'd structured it all out, roughly what I was going to say, and I, and I was reading it through, and then, then God spoke to me. Um, and who knows that when God speaks that you, you listen. And, so I was, and he said, yeah, that's all very good, Linda, but that's not what I want to say. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, he said to me, go and look in the mirror. This, this, is, this actually happened to me. It was an absolute God encounter. So this mirror hangs in our bedroom, um, and I went and I looked in, stood in front of this mirror. Um, I was feeling a bit like, oh, you know, what's going to happen? But I was even more surprised when I saw what happened, and I wonder if you could show the first picture. I saw myself... I, it was me, if you could put my face on it, dressed as a soldier in combat uniform. And that, I can, I think it was a wow moment, an absolute wow moment. It really was. I stood there sort of like mesmerised, and he said to me, focus on that, focus on that. Um, and so there's a turnabout here because I'm going to look one, at one specific act, uh, act, um, aspect of our identity. Um, so my title today is It Is Time, It Is Time. So I've got another question for you now. So what do you see when you look in God's mirror? Because that's what I really believed happened to me in, in that moment of time. For, th for that minute, I looked in God's mirror. Is he a warrior? Is he a warrior? Well, just listen to these Bible verses and see what you think. Um, they're not all going to go up on the screen because it would take too much time, but I'll say where they come from. So Exodus 15.3 says, The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Isaiah 42, 13 says, The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. Zephaniah 3, 17 says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. And then Jesus himself speaking here in Matthew 10, 34 says, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I do not come to bring peace, but a sword. Is he a warrior? Yes, he is. Yes, he's a warrior. And so are we, because 1 John 4, 17 applies here just the same. As he is, so are we in this world. So however your initial reaction is to that, and there'll be various ones, well, I'm not a warrior, I'm not a fighter, you know, I'm a peaceful person. But you are, deep within inside you is a warrior. I'm just going to draw that out a bit more now. Acts 17.28 says, In him we live and move and have our being. Our true identity is in Christ, and part of his identity is as a warrior. So why do we have trouble believing these truths? Well, I'd like to suggest to you that it's connected to how we think. Uh, who knows that the mind and the brain have a very strong partnership. And here comes a little mini bit of very simple basic neuroscience taking my leave from Pastor Barry there mini mini neuroscience uh, the mind and the brain are connected by roads and they're called neuro pathways the brain is a storage facility and a processor of thoughts and of memories and this is basic stuff but it's true uh, neuroscience will back it up 
It's just an easy way to understand it. So there's two memory banks. One is healthy and one is toxic. So if you're constantly thinking and speaking negative stuff about yourself, the toxic pot gets filled up. If you do the opposite and it's your positive thinker and you say positive things about yourself, then the healthy pot fills up. Because who knows what we feed grows, doesn't it? What we feed grows. So whichever memory bank is the fullest and the strongest, that will become our default mode. That's just how it all works. You'll have to take my word for that, but it is scientifically true. Um, And so it's really, really important, vital to be obedient to God's instructions in Romans 12 too. Um, We'll put it up, but I just want to say, because we know this verse, um, you all probably know it and have said it over and over again, but I just want to challenge us not to be familiar, not to be familiar with these scriptures that we know so well, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and if we're not careful, we can trot that out, no, this is really important, every time we say that verse, it's important and as powerful as the very first time we ever read it. And so I pray today, I declare today even, that when we read this now, that it will have that same effect as it did the first time you ever read it. And so it says here, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Stop being conformed to the pattern of this world. This is the negative thought process. If we're conformed to this world, it's negative. And be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, let's note here that that, um, this isn't optional, okay? Church is not an option. We're told to stop being conformed and to be transformed. It's an instruction from heaven. We don't always see it like that, do we? But it's an instruction. So as far as I'm concerned, it means we ought to do it. Um, Romans 8, 6, and 7, and this really brings it home. The mind governed by the flesh, that's the unrenewed mind, is hostile to God. Well, I don't know about you, but that's, that's all I need to want to keep my mind renewed because I don't want my thought processes to be hostile to God. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I do not. It, uh, the, 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 it's hostile to God and it does not submit to God's laws and it can't do so. So we need to remember that and be constantly doing that. It is a process. Um, it's interesting, some while ago, and I was just reminded as I was preparing this, Jesus was crucified at a place called Golgotha which means the place of the skull. And I just wondered, was that then a significant pointer for us? You know, Because the uncrucified mind is a prime target for the enemy. And so it's just really important to remember that. So who here's had a negative start in their life? I don't expect you to put your hand up, but you'll know. Um, most of us have had negative stuff happen, negative starts. I, I didn't have the best childhood, as some of you know, and I know some of your stories are equally was, as good. But how often do we blame our past for the current thought processes and our behaviour? Um, we can overcome this. We really can overcome this. And sometimes we need help. Um, so I just want to give a little plug in. It's interesting, isn't it, what Pastor Barry, the word he brought as well about the monkey. We've got to let go of something to take hold and move forward, and, and this, is, this is that, really. Um, but we're going to have a seminar. I just want to give it a little plug now. On the 21st of March, get it into your diaries, Saturday morning, 21st of March, we're going to be looking together at the authority of, a, of the believer, and, and we're going to have an em- emphasis on strongholds, because these things from the past... 
um, they, they affect us and they become strongholds in our, in our brains, actually. But certainly in our thought processes, it's easier to think of it like that. And so we're going to give quite a considerable amount of time towards the end of that to pray for you. It's not something that we do regularly on a Sunday. It's a different environment and there isn't time. But if you feel that you need that sort of prayer, and I, at different levels, I suspect most of, most of you do, please put that date in your diary and come because it's a real opportunity to just break out and know freedom in a much deeper way. So we're calling it Who's in Charge? It's on March the 21st. It's on the newsreel each week. Um, try and put it in your diary and be there if you possibly can. Well, there are people in the Bible um, who had a bad start, aren't they? People in the Bible had a bad start. They could have let their bad start dictate the pattern of their lives, but they had a God encounter, um, and it changed their perspective completely to do the significant things that they were created for. And don't we want that? We're all created for significance and for influence, and we want to be able to operate in that way without the stuff behind. So just a quick look at David. He was the runt of his dad's litter, Michael Maiden wrote something on social media recently which so succinctly said what I wanted to say that I'm actually going to read what he said. And he said this. He said, it never matters what others think about you. And let that sink in. It never matters what other people think about you. It really doesn't. And we so care so often about what other people think. And this is a lesson I've had to learn and I'm still learning. But it always matters. It always matters what you think about yourself. It always matters. And so this is just really important, church. David, David's family labelled him as an Ill illegitimate, unimportant shepherd. Goliath cursed him as nothing more than dogsick. Saul accused him of being a usurper. But God, there was a but God, wasn't there? God said David was a champion, a giant slayer. And so don't you just love that, that but God. What about Jesus then? He had a pretty bad start, didn't he? He was born in a barn. His first bed was a feeding trough. He was a fugitive by the age of two. He was despised, rejected and ridiculed throughout his life. Oh, he's just a carpenter's son from Nazareth, they said. What good can come out of there? You know, it was that sort of thing, wasn't it? But we know this, don't we? That he was the greatest champion of all time. And he did this. Could you just put that up? And... Don't let us ever forget this, church. You know, this is the gospel. This is what Jesus did for us. Um, let it impact you every time. Don't let us ever forget it. But what does that look like to you? What did that look like to the world then? That looked like he was a loser, didn't it? He was a loser from the world's point of view. But then here comes another but God. Because Jesus took away the sin of the world, didn't he? He went down to hell and he took those keys of death from Satan. He gave them to us in that sense. Now, as, as, as Pastor Sarah was saying, we have these keys to unlock now, to unlock death in each other. And in every situation, we have that. He opened the gates to heaven and the door to our salvation, as Pastor Bruce so wonderfully said. Um, it, that was amazing, that message, by the way. And if you haven't heard that, <laughs> listen to that one. But, and, but he, he opened the way to salvation to us. He won the greatest battle in the history of, of the world because he was and he is the greatest warrior of all time. Yeah. And as he is, as he is, so are we. So are we. I really want us to grasp that today. He knew his identity. He knew his purpose. He was determined and intentional about his goal. He set his face towards Jerusalem, didn't he? And nothing was going to stop him getting there. So what is Father asking you to set your face to? 
What is your Jerusalem? What are your goals? What are your plans? What is your purpose? We've looked at these things, haven't we? Much of what I'm saying I know has been said before, but it's such a now time to hear this and be reminded of this. It really is. So ask yourself again, ask yourself again, if you've not moved on from the other series that we've done where we've, we've been challenged with this sort of thing. We are all called to love others as we love ourselves. That is a Jerusalem for all of us. That's a done deal. Um, But what about your unique purpose? Every single one of you, every single one of us is so totally unique. And that is just absolutely amazing, isn't it? It really is if you grasp what that really means. So what is stopping us from pursuing that? It's time. It's time to consider these things. I'm sure much of what hinders us from achieving our true potential is related to how we think about ourselves. It is time. It is time to feel happy in your own skin, not wish you were in someone else's. How often do we do that? And particularly it happens in church. Particularly it happens in church. You know, we see people up the front or people in leadership or people that are prophetic. And somewhere deep down, sometimes overtly, we we wish we were like that. I want to be able to do that. Well, that's all right to look at that as a model. That is okay for that, but not to wish you were that person and you had that. Because God's given you your own unique space, your own unique giftings, your own unique you. It's time for us to declutter our thought processes, to clear the rubbish from the past as we've already said, the lies of the enemy, all the stuff that the enemy's been speaking to us, it's time for that. So who knows what happened at 11pm on the 31st of January this year? Anyone? Come on. Yay, come on. It w- <laughs> now, I'm not being political here. <laughs> you all know, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. It was the time to leave the EU. It was Brexit time. So whatever your view is on this, and I really am not being political here, but the government had agreed the time. Um, It was the time when the clock strikes 11 p.m. That was the time, the appointed time. Now, Terry and I, it was after Dynamics, so we were sitting in Daniel and Sarah's lounge. They've got a wonderful TV. Um, But we wanted to see this because whatever your political view, this was a key moment for our nation, an absolutely key turning point for our nation. Um, and so we wanted to listen to the, the clock chiming, albeit that it was recorded. But nevertheless, it felt a key moment. And I found myself really going into a prophetic mode at that moment as the clock, as the clock was chiming. But then God spoke to me. And this is what he said. He said, it's time for the government of heaven to be released through my bride, through my church, through the body of Christ. It is time for the government of heaven to be released through us. It's through us. And we're only going to do this if we rise up in our true identity. Who knows that God nearly always steps in at the 11th hour. I thought that was quite amusing that it was 11 o'clock. Because we often say that, oh, God will come through, but it will be at the last minute, the 11th hour. But we're surely in the end times, if you like, a sort of 11th hour. We're not in the last days. I know this is all debatable, but we surely are in the end times, aren't we? When you look at wars and rumours of wars all over the world, some we know about, some we don't even know about. When we think of the whole weather and the seasons, how mixed up it all is, and how ferocious, if you like, the weather is, even currently. Um, we, it, the Bible in Revelation talks about these things, and we are actually seeing them, aren't we? So we are in that time. We're also seeing the beginnings, and I really feel it's a season for this, of a season of prophecy fulfilled. And there was an amazing confirmation of this just quite recently because a, um, a guy called Bob Jones, 
he, um, he may be known to you, may not, but he, he was recognised as, as um, an international prophet. And what he said did, did tend to come to pass at some stage or other. But in 2000, he's going to be with the Lord now, but in 2003, he said this. When the Chiefs, and this is an American football team, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, apostolic Chiefs will be released and end time revival would break out. Now, here's the thing. On Sunday the 2nd of February this year, for the first time in 50 years, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and the Apostolic Chiefs have been released. They've been released and all that that means. And that is a whole message in itself about the Apostolic release. But um, it means that movements and Apostolic movements like us are going to be on the rise. There's going to be a going out. There are people who are specific. Apostles Barry is one of them. Pray for him. He needs us to pray for him. He needs to be sent forth. You know, in the end, we've all got a bit of the apostolic in us, um, a little bit of it, because we're all set apart. But there are s specific people that are identified. Um, Pastor Bruce is another one. But we just need to remember to pray for them, because we're going to see denominationalism decrease as the apostolic increases. Um, that, that's what it will look like bit by bit. I really believe that, because the apostolic is the way of God. I'm sure of that. So we're in a time of prophecy fulfilled. I was also reminded at this time of a vision that I had uh, some years ago. Um, some of you might even remember it. I don't know. But I saw a bride, a beautiful bride in an amazing wedding dress. And she sort of lifted up her dress and she was beginning to walk. But she was showing then a horrible, dirty, mucky pair of untied army boots underneath her dress. And God said to me, it's time to clean your boots and tie up your laces. Um, and I brought a message way back then. It's when we were meeting in first sight about that. And I actually couldn't find the picture at all anywhere. But I wondered if that was God because I did find this picture. And I wonder if you could just show this picture because it's time for this. It's time for this. See, clean boots being laced, pretty much laced up. It's time for this because it's time to be ready for war. It's time to be ready as the bride of Christ, as the body of Christ, us to go to war in so many different ways. It's time for us to wake up to who we really are, who God says we are, to stop conforming and to be transformed and stand up in our God-given identity. It's not just for our own sake, family. It's not. But it's for our families outside, for Colchester, for those we love, for our marriages, for whatever's important to you and learning whatever's important to God. Um, for the sphere of influence, each of you have a unique sphere of influence, don't you? It's to be effective there. For God to show you how to pray and war there. Our purpose, yours and mine, is to bring heaven to earth. And we do this by being as Jesus is in this world. It is time for us to rise up as warriors wherever the Holy Spirit directs us. So we moved into a new year, haven't we? We're hearing a lot about that at the moment. A new year, a new decade. But more importantly, we've moved into a new era. A whole new defining time. Uh, eras in the past, particularly within the church, were, would, be, would have been about evangelism, inner healing, discipleship, the word, the spirit. There would have been uh, specific emphasis on those sorts of things in these periods of time. And we can look back. But we are now, I believe, we're now in a time of miracles. That what will define this era will be miracles. We will see miracles. Uh, uh, we had it prophesied to us, and you've heard this before, but it's good to keep speaking these things out because as we speak them out, we, we're calling them into being. Remember, God, he, God spoke the whole world into being. The same power is in us. It's a very powerful thing to speak things out, isn't it? And so it's just really important to, to say these things again because when we launched, someone came, a prophetic woman in Colchester, and said that we would be known for miracles. 
and that was 15, nearly 16 years, 15 years ago, I think now. Um, so it's a time for, for it's a time for miracles, for the greater things that we've spoken about, haven't we, over the years, and a time for prophecy fulfilled. That is the time. It's time for those things. It's time to fight back and take back what's rightfully yours. We can get indignant, can't we? You know, people upset us. <laughs> can't believe you did that. Can't believe you said that. We get all a bit indignant. But how about some godly indignation rises up in us? And how about we do a bit of table turning? We've got a good example for that, haven't we? Let's get rid of all the rubbish, all the unbelief. Let's fight for faith. Let's fight for health. Let's fight for our marriage. Let's demolish everything, every lie of the enemy in our minds and fight for truth. Let's put the enemy under our feet. Let's get our boots on him, tread him down, put him where he belongs, under our feet. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twelve, I think this one, come up. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. So it's time, church. It's time. It's time to do that. It's time to stand up in our true identity, to love ourselves, believe in ourselves and be ourselves so that we can love as God loves and fight for what is right, whatever that looks like for you or for us as a church. So I just want to end, pause for a moment um, and listen to a, a song we might not be able to listen to all of it, but I think it will be one that's known to you. Um, and so, Father, I just pray as we listen to this song, that the emphasis that you've wanted to bring today would impact us afresh and anew. And then I'll come back and pray for you. moment in a moment could I ask you to pause first and uh, we always do this don't we but I would just like you to take just a moment just to think what is God saying to you what has he spoken to you it's been a quiet atmosphere but I've sensed I've actually seen the Holy Spirit moving amongst you and, and it's a wonderful thing his presence is here isn't it we know that we're so blessed and so would you just consider for a moment and when I ask you to stand I wonder if you could just see it as a prophetic action that I'm now going to stand in my true identity. As you stand up, that that would be what you're doing. That, that you're going to believe, that you're going to get rid of all unbelief. You're going to believe the truth about yourselves. And God will meet you where you are if you do that. So just a moment of quiet. So let's stand, church. Reach out to God if you can. I pray that you can. Father, as we stand here together in unity, Lord God, standing up, choosing to stand up in our true identity, we ask you to meet us here. Father, we know you will that you would just dissolve, get rid of, deliver us from all unbelief, all lack of faith, all uncertainty, Father, that you would help us to see where you want us to be warriors, what you want us to fight for. It might just be to fight for peace, which is really important, Father. 
for those that don't see themselves quite in that aggressive sense. But Lord, you're calling us to be aggressive for you for this time because it is time. It's time for us to take hold of all that you've done for us and to believe in all that you say that we are, Father God. Lord, help us to grasp that. Take hold of those keys of truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just feel like it's right just to sing the song to end on today. It's in this amazing moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God.